Welcome to the Avail Podcast, where we dig deep and talk about the art of leadership. My name is Virgil Sierra, and today we're sitting down with One Hope President, Rob Hoskins. Rob serves in numerous leadership roles and boards, and has recently co-authored Change Your World alongside the great John Maxwell. Today, we'll be discussing Rob's experience co-authoring with John Maxwell, typologies of leadership, and how he's implemented these leadership principles in building the world-impacting ministry known as One Hope. So buckle up your seatbelts and let's get started. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Avail podcast, where we talk about the art of leadership. It is my honor, my privilege, our great pleasure to be with an amazing leader today. He's the president of One Hope. He is a huge, a dear friend here in the South Florida region, uh, but making an impact globally. Dr. Rob Hoskins, it is so good to spend time with you on the Avail Leadership Podcast. How are you feeling today? Doing great, Virgil, and uh, always wonderful to see you, especially <laughs> on this uh, special occasion. Been looking forward to this for a long time. Obviously, I uh, respect the podcast a lot, and uh, Dr. Sam Chan's a legend, and uh, so just following the tradition of his leadership, I feel honored to be on here today, and always enjoy my time with you. Yes, sir. Uh, it is a privilege. Uh, I, personally, I love talking about leadership. I know you do, too. Uh, I love talking about making an impact in this world. I know you do, too. So I know this conversation is going to be really, really fun. Before we get into, into the heart of this leadership talk, uh, it would be great uh, Rob, if you just shared a little bit about yourself for those who are leaning in, maybe getting to know you for the first time here. Sure. Um, yeah, I have a rich history in ministry. My parents were actually missionaries. So I grew up in, uh, in Beirut, Lebanon, and then was there through the wars. Then we moved to uh, France after the wars. We could no longer live in Lebanon. And so didn't come to the United States till I was about 17, 18 years old. Wow. So I have this rich background in mission. And I just followed that pursuit, uh, became my heart, not just my dad and mom's heart, and married a missionary kid from Latin America. So, uh, <laughs> bienvenidos a todos los latinos. And uh, so married Kim Bueno. Uh, and muy bueno. Muy bueno. So we've had a missions uh, history and legacy in our lives. We always thought we'd actually move overseas and be missionaries internationally. But through circumstances and really God's providence, we found ourselves leading a missions agency that my mom and dad had pioneered called uh, One Hope mm. and have not looked back since. So now I can hardly believe it, but 32 years I've been at One Hope. Kim and I have but been leading it for almost 20 years now. Uh, my dad's still active and very much a founder. Maybe we'll get into that. How does that work? Transitioning, <laughs> and working for a really kind of bigger than life figure like my dad. But I uh, have just enjoyed that so much and am so passionate about the ministry that God's called me to as the ministry's just really grown and expanded globally into a, a very large global ministry. I just found that I needed to sharpen my skills. I was mentored by my dad in leadership. He was actually mentored by Peter Drucker, who many people know, who was mm. the father of modern management in the 20th century. So my dad had a great mentor and he's mentored me in leadership. And God's been so good to me to bring some amazing leaders to continue that mentorship. One of the things my dad told me was, uh, it's up to you as the mentee to pursue the mentor. So pursue as many great mentors as you can and be really strategic about it. So I've actually pursued uh, 
some people would say, you know, maybe I've even stalked great leaders to try and get close <laughs> to them and learn as much as I can. So I had the great privilege of being mentored by Dr. John Maxwell, as, as you'll probably talk about, um, was able to actually write a book with him on leadership over the last several years. So uh, I really feel like it's important. Podcasts like this are critical. Listen to a lot of podcasts, read a ton of books. I'm constantly trying to sharpen my leadership skills, but I do it with uh, as a means to an end. The end for me is the kingdom of God, mm. serving God's great kingdom. But to do that, there are leadership gifts that God uh, asks of us to, to hone and make better. And so uh, that's why I'm excited about being on your on your uh, on your call today. And uh, I, I just uh, I just feel like one hope, although it's a ministry, my dad always taught me needs to be run like a great business organization. Yeah. And so bringing those two things together, ministry and management, has really been one of the great passions of my life. I love that. I think it's right on the money. I mean, right. This is that's what we talk about here on the Avail podcast. That's Dr. Sam Chan's heart, and and even just the whole Avail team uh, to produce resources, including this podcast, uh, that will help leaders in, in their journey of connecting ministry leadership, organizational leadership, uh, management. I love it. I love it. Um, I'll say that I want. I do want to say muchas gracias por tu tiempo. Dr. Rob Hoskins. <laughs> por nada, por nada. Um, so, so I want to start off with what you just mentioned. Um, change your world. I remember I got this book at the beginning of 2021. Uh, you released this book, which which you wrote together with John Maxwell. Can you tell us a little bit about that experience? Because I don't know of a lot of people <laughs> who've written a book with John Maxwell and making a huge impact around the world. Yeah, and 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 uh, and and live to tell about it. Maybe. <laughs> It was it was amazing experience. I mean, as you can imagine, John's John's just a, a wonderful character, you know, and mm -hmm. I think what some people don't know about him is how warm he is and incredible sense of humor um, and very relational. So he had really never written. He'd written one other book with one other person a long time ago. So this was really his first adventure of co-writing as well. Wow. So I'm glad that both of us had a good sense of humor because <laughs> I think going in, our expectations were, were very different. But And he mentored me through the process, obviously, of writing. Um, I'd, really, I'd written a doctoral dissertation that really intrigued him, um, just about transformation, really, the science of transformation. Mm. And he, had, as a mentor, was asking me about the process and and really that process is what I've used to help build one hope is this science of transformation. How do you mm. know whether things are changing and how do you know how to measure those? So I had written on that from a very academic uh, standpoint and probably knowing that only five people in the world would probably read my doctoral dissertation, but he did. And he was asking some really deep questions about it. And so I asked him, we we're actually sitting on a boat in Fort Lauderdale going through the intercoastal waterways. And I asked him, I said, John, you think this could be a popular book? And he said, yes, it could. And can I write it with you? Wow. Now, John says it took me uh, 3.4 seconds to answer that question. I think it was much shorter than that. I think it was more like, can I write the book with you? Yes. I mean, that's that's <laughs> just for anybody wondering, that's how you should answer that question. If John yeah. asked, Maxwell asked you to write a book with you, because uh, maybe I could, you know, sell a couple thousand copies. He's going to sell hundreds of thousands of copies. So yes. I said yes right away, obviously. But it was a fascinating journey. We wrote the book during uh, COVID and and in, into COVID, uh, started before then. But so we spent a lot of time on the phone with one another going back and forth. We couldn't do very many in-person meetings at that point. Um, but I learned so much, Virgil, mm. 
in just yeah. the process of writing the book. And he's a master. Uh, he's he's just one of the great voices in, of leadership in our time. So I just counted it as an amazing privilege and honor. And the subject matter was something I was so passionate about. It's really mm -hmm. what I'd given my entire life to is, how do we know whether we're making a difference in the world? And he had, uh, you know, John's whole vision is, you've heard him say it probably a hundred times, you know, leadership is influence. And, mm -hmm. and he's a great catalytic leader. And so it really helped me understand John's makeup, not only now by having um, been influenced by him, but by working and writing with him. And, and that, was, that was a fascinating process. One of the probably great leadership lessons I ever had was being able to spend that much time with John and him mentoring me through the writing of this book. But it really also helped me sort of self-reflect um, working with someone that has such a huge personality like his. And, you know, all of us have aspirations of being a great leader. Mm. And we see someone like John and you go, man, I want to be a leader like him. And what it made me realize is, like, I'm never going to be John Maxwell. And mm. really, through the process of the book, it really was, this was a complimentary sort of exercise we had together because John's not going to lead by me either. And so I really started begging the question for me, what type of leader am I? Mm -hmm. uh, a different type of leader than John. That became really clear, really obvious. <laughs> and he wouldn't have asked me to write the book with him if I was just like him. Like, he wouldn't have needed me. So there was something about him desiring to write with me that said there's an element of leadership that I have that maybe he did, that he wants more of, mm -hmm. which is kind of humbling, but also very true. And so that's sort of where I'm at right now in my leadership journey, Virgil, is trying to discover what different types of leaders are there yeah. and how do you become really comfortable with what your own gifts and strengths are and leaning that, into that and not really comparing yourself aspirationally to something that perhaps uh, isn't what you should be or can mm -hmm. be or should even desire to be. And that's been a that's been really a powerful sort of learning lesson for me coming out of writing Change Your World with a with a, with a with an incredible leader like John Maxwell. I love that. And I'll just say if you don't have this book everybody, Change Your World by John Maxwell and Rob Hoskins, how anyone anywhere can make a difference, you want to get that book in your hands. Uh impacting book. Now let's, let's continue on the line here, Rob, you have this opportunity that not apparently only you and one other person have had to write a book <laughs> with John Maxwell. You've, you learned a lot on the journey, which you just mentioned, and it led you to some, you know, you shared with me that it led you some, to some new ideas and some new thoughts on leadership. Let's, let's focus in on that. Talk to us about what are these thoughts? You know, you mentioned to me a lot about the typologies of leadership. Can, can you unpack that for us? Yeah. Um, you know, there's a lot out there for us trying to discover who we are as leaders. A lot of those are, are, are great personality tests. I mean, you've got Myers-Briggs, you've got the Enneagram, you've got Strength Finders. Yeah. used all those. My team's used all those. I think they're fantastic. But what they really don't define is they talk more about your personality types, but they don't really classify typologies of leadership. Mm -hmm. And so I really started thinking about um, what type of leader am I and are there sort of categories are even super categories. I know there's a bunch of, we could come up with probably, you get a hundred different people in the room and you could probably go through and identify a hundred different types of, of leaders that we are. Mm. But I, I sort of tried to look for, are there macro uh, typologies mm -hmm. that would help us better, uh, help me better understand who I am, but also help me better build a team and understanding the leaders that I lead 
if I could understand what type of leader there are, maybe I could lead them better. Maybe I could serve them better. That's good. Maybe I, maybe I could help them uh, feel more comfortable and confident in their leadership within the organization. And so I did. I started really digging in. And I, I, I came up with three um, macro typologies that I'm using now in my own work and in helping build my teams at One Hope and in the, in, in the kingdom in general. And, and those three types of leaders that I came up with are, number one would be a catalytic leader. Mm -hmm. This would very much be John sort of the quintessential Maxwell, the quintessential catalytic leader. Mm -hmm. um, influence would be your main driver as a catalytic leader. You have certain gift sets that are incredible communicator. Um, a catalytic leader can cast vision and allow people just to get excited about moving forward. Uh, the second type of leader would be where I would consider my greatest strength would be as a strategic leader. So for me, the greatest driver is an outcome. Being able to measure that uh, we've actually made a difference and, and how to do that. And so, so outcomes are my real driver. And um, being a leader who can really break down um, what is the vision that we as a team need to achieve. It's based on these achievement sort of metrics of being a strategic leader and, and really being able to build a strategy to get to the end that you're all desiring to get to. That would be your strategic leader. And last would be an activating leader. And an activating leader would be someone like a Peter Drucker who, who would say, he actually said, if John said leadership is influence, Drucker said uh, leadership is management. Mm -hmm. So he's the father of modern management. <clears throat> so those activating leaders are really about how do we build the systems and structures and create the right skills in our life in order to know what our objectives are and fulfill those objectives on a day-to-day -day basis. That would be an activating leader. High, high driver would be order and having order within your organization in order to get there. So those were the three major typologies I came up with. And most recently, I've just been uh, trying to apply that in, in my work at One Hope and just in, in what I'm doing as a leader. And I found it incredibly valuable, Virgil. It's really helped me, I think, become a much better leader over the last year. Yeah, I'm thinking right now, I mean, I'm the lead pastor of a church. Uh, I'm thinking right now of the different uh, staff members, key leaders, Kind of executive le uh, level leadership, you know, then kind of management tier. Leader. I'm thinking about, wow, I wonder how many of, of the leaders that I'm leading are catalytic. How many of them are yeah. strategic? And I, I think obviously all leaders have need to have all three elements of these. Uh -huh. It's not like, you know, I'm I'm just an activating leader, or I'm just a catalytic leader, or I'm just a strategic leader. I think particularly CEOs, lead pastors, anybody that's running an organization. You, you have to be great at all three of these. I mean, it's not like John Maxwell isn't a great activating leader and doesn't know how to build organizations. He's done mm -hmm. that his entire life. You know, my, my father was very much of a catalytic leader. He was high communicator, great vision caster, really didn't enjoy very much uh, getting into the uh, nitty gritty and the detail of, of building organizations and building systems. You sort of, but he knew he had to if he was going to be a CEO and a leader. So mm -hmm. I, I almost force rank myself, which is a great exercise that any of you could go. So I would be a strategist one, a catalyst two, and an activator three. Well, what that allows you to do is then to say, um, I come from a philosophy of flat leadership. I believe particularly flat leadership is really essential, especially for this coming generation. Um, Drucker talked about the knowledge economy. 
and how with the proliferation of knowledge, which is what we're seeing in the digital age, that mm -hmm. you would see a, a, a different type of leadership that would begin to emerge that was what much flatter because now what you have is knowledge workers who need to be highly empowered and highly specialized in the work that they're doing. So flat leadership is really required in the 21st century. So what that means for me is we need to be building teams of leaders and those teams of leaders need to be represented with strong typologies. So I'm, I'm really surrounding myself with a lot of activating leaders because my main gifts are strategic and catalytic. Mm -hmm. But I, I need to have, and so if I, when I began to look at this, I, I, I broke down my cabinet of vice presidents that were around me. And what I saw is that many of them had super strong activator gifts because I, I'm a strong strategy vision guy. So I'm setting a lot of vision. They laugh at one hope and say, Rob starts a new business every Thursday. You know, I've, I've always got these ideas. <laughs> and, and at the beginning, every idea sounds like a great idea. And because I have a strong catalytic gift, I can sell that to a lot of people really, really fast. But if I'm not careful and I'm not listening to activating leaders around me that are processing that idea and saying, hey, Rob, and they come back to me, they push back on me and they say, OK, we understand where you want to go, but how are we going to get there? And they begin to count the cost of what it takes to get there. And after a while, I'm going, wow, maybe maybe it wasn't as great an idea as I thought it was. Let me go back and think about that strategy a little bit more. So I think that having a team around you of catalytic people, of activators. And it's not that one of these leadership typologies is greater than the other. In fact, you need all of them to build great organizations. That's good. So, so okay, we're talking about, this is, a fr this is a new fresh idea. I'm assuming, Rob, there's a book in the works, correct? Uh, yeah, I mean, my team's really pushing me to do it. Um, <laughs> you know, coming so off of writing Change Your World, um, you sort of go through a season of like, I'm never going to write a book again. It's so much work. <laughs> and then uh, and then to promote it and get it out there. And then you're like, wow, uh, maybe I'll write another book, but <clears throat> let's wait a little while. So I'm kind of in between that stage. But this book <clears throat> is kind of burning in me because, yeah. because it's been so practical and mm. I've been able to apply the principles. They've been so useful to me. So, so many of the people around me um, are, are, are asking me to do it. So yeah, I think there probably is a book in it, but uh, when it <laughs> happens, I'm not going to make any announcements here on the podcast today. I got you. I got you. All right. So, so here, here's you, you've kind of unpacked the catalytic leader, the strategic leader, the activator. You know, top leaders need to have all three, but we're obviously going to be stronger in, in in one. Maybe have a second one, and and maybe have a, a weaker of the three. How how do you think this understanding these typologies? can help leaders? How do you think it can help lead leaders? How do you think it can help pastors, uh, ministry leaders, CEOs? You know, what, kind of what is your heart behind it? And then after that, maybe we'll get into some kind of practical, how have how have you seen this work in your leadership? But but yeah. why do you think leaders need this? I think uh, it's a great question, Virgil. Really, really good. Um, for me, it's all of us. I don't care how great we are. All of us have blind spots. Mm -hmm. And and I find that great leaders are very self-aware. <clears throat> and for me, this is a this is a wonderful tool. It's a it's a wonderful conceptual framework yeah. that allows you to be self-aware. It, it it allows you to sort of dig deeper on what is, you know, this is back to Collins, which is good to great. Mm -hmm. Great leaders are very self-aware because they know how to use their time well. <clears throat> it's it's the highest and best use of my time. And the highest and best use of my time is spent on strategy. 
Yeah. If, if, if there's someone better at being a catalytic leader within my organization and they're, they're better at, um, at exciting people, then, then I need to let them lean into that gift and, and say, that's their highest and best gift and the highest and best use of their time. I can do it. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a speaker. I'm a preacher. I'm a communicator. Um, I'm a salesperson. So, so I can do catalytic. Hmm. But really, it's helped me define, as I look at the hours I have and the, and the days of the week I have and the years of my life that I have, I want to spend the bulk of that time with strategy. And, and really, I find that when I get too involved in the activating gift of trying to build objectives for people, of trying to create timelines for projects, and because I'm a strong leader, I can influence my team and they might follow my lead. I, I've really found that the best thing to do is say there's people that are much better activating managers than I am. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to let them set the timelines. I'm going to let them set the expectations. I'm going to let them set the objectives. And that's where they need to be spending their time and energy. Sometimes I found activating leaders that want to be catalytic leaders because it's such a, a front and center <clears throat> leadership type. They're, yeah. they're normally the ones that seem to be the ones out in front. And so it's a very aspirational, especially I think with social media and, and with the influence economy that we live in, people want to be influencers and they yeah. desire it so deeply that they sometimes don't spend their highest and best use of their time being the activating leader that God has made them to be. And I think one of the challenges for us, Virgil, in, in this knowledge economy is for us to elevate the aspirations of activating and strategic leaders so they don't think they just have to, the only type of leadership is an influential leadership. Mm. Because I think it's very dangerous. I think it's very dangerous in the church. I think we begin to see some of these pastors that are great communicators and it creates this um, sort of cult around popularity, mm. around you know this, this influential type of Christian leader um, that has created celebrity ship. And I think that's very dangerous in the kingdom. So I think really the Bible has it right. Like there's all different types of gift and we're, we actually should prize all of them equally, whether you're an activating leader. So yeah. I think, though, really being able to evaluate and be self-aware about who you are helps you better manage your time and your energy and allows us to build stronger teams rather than stronger individuals. So that would be some of the practical takeaways that I've had recently. You don't want to miss this month at Avail, or any month for that matter. Why? Because each month, the Avail Online Leadership Series happens. A live call with leaders from around the world who have a passion for God and key leadership insights to impart to you. Interact with authors, pastors, and influencers from every industry. And the best part? It's free. To get registered right now, head over to theartofleadership.com. What are you waiting for? Yeah, as I'm as you're talking about it, I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking, man, it really it really is so important to understand. Okay, what type of leader am I? What type of leader am I not so much? Um, because then it allows for that diversification of skills on a team, right? Understanding I'm strong here. I can't just be heavy on this type of leader. We need to have some activators. We need to have some, you know, catalytic leaders. We need to have some strategic uh, leaders. I think this is this is great. Um, one of the things I admire about you, Rob, is, and, and so many people do, is what the Lord has done through you and the whole team at One Hope, uh, different projects that you guys have set in place. Um, I think I, I can imagine back, you know, you mentioned how many, you know, decades ago when this whole journey began, I can imagine you probably never would have imagined back then 
all that the Lord has done through you, through One Hope, through the organization and through your leadership. Uh, th and that's just a testament to how good God is. Why don't you unpack this whole kind of let's get practical with this whole typologies of leadership, you know, strategic ideas. How does strategic leadership typology play out as you're trying to build something of value with other leaders that's going to impact the world? Yeah, let me start. Thank you. Uh, by the way, I just I, I am I'm overwhelmed with God's goodness and what he has done at hmm. One Hope. Um, yeah. I, I just I, I've said for years, my biggest job is just getting up every morning and praying and saying, Lord, don't let me screw this up, because <laughs> I mean, it really has been his sovereign work. It started with a you know, it started with a heavenly vision. I mean, my dad had a had an actual vision from from the Lord. And, and showing him the children of the world and said, I want you to reach every child in the world with my word. Wow. And my dad was just so overwhelmed with that. He said, God, how are we ever going to reach every child and young person in the world? And the first thing the Lord said to him is, you're going to do it through leaders. And so one hope from the very beginning has understood that these two elements of being spirit led by having a vision that's given to you by God, and then you being given the stewardship responsibility to lead and to put a high priority on leadership. I think is the element that has really built One Hope into what it is. And I do, I look back and I see that we've now been able to reach, I mean, we're pushing nearly 2 billion children in the world wow. that have received God's word through the organization. We have 320 different outcome-based, what we call outcome-based programs in every wow. nation of the world now. I mean, we're in over a thousand languages. I mean, this has just been a massive movement that um, I've been given the privilege of leading. And I do, I look back with, with incredible humility and, and, and joy over what the Lord has done through this organization. And mm. a lot of it has come through some of these principles that I'm even now just learning to unpack in my leadership, this whole thing of flat leadership and these typologies of leadership. But it's really the way I've, I've led since my dad uh, and the board at One Hope asked me to take over for him as, as the CEO. And I, I said, I don't want to lead in a vacuum. And I, I don't want to lead in isolation. Mm -hmm. um, and so when I look at it, I really created almost a Trinitarian leadership style at One Hope. I didn't want it to be hierarchical top down. I wanted it to be flat. And so when I look at the executive team that I formed, I was the CEO, but I brought in an executive vice president who, who knew way more than I did. Mm -hmm. He was actually one of our leading donors. He was a uh, he was a he was a CEO at a at a, at a Fortune 50 company, hmm. um, and he had 16,000 employees. But I approached him and I said, Marwan, if we're going to reach every child and young person in the world with God's word, I need a great business leader. I need a great management operation leader. And I really wanted to come in as as a co CEO almost. He said no. He said I really believe. Um, and what he explained to me even in those first meetings was Rob at a nonprofit vision and strategy should lead business, judiciary, finances, operations should follow. So mm. those things are going to serve you. But Marwan really came in as the as the activating functional leader. And so all of my leaders report to him on those issues of management, operations and finance. They report to me on strategy and on vision and mission. Mm. My dad is stayed part of the executive team is sort of the prophetic voice of the ministry. And, and, and the visionary founder of, of, the, of the organization. And he's still a great catalyst for us. I mean, he can tell the one whole story better than anybody in the world. Mm. And, and so, but the three of us have led together for 17 years now. Wow. In a very flat leadership <clears throat> role. And it is just, um, I think it's one of the keys of, <clears throat> of the fast growth we've had 
it also creates, Virgil, I think, a biblical understanding of servant leadership. Yeah. That that none of us should lead alone mm. and that all of us should lead under strong accountability. And and it creates a humility in the day-to-day operations of how we're functioning as a leadership team, which makes it very easy to say, I didn't do this. We did this <laughs> together. And I think I think a lot of uh, particularly younger leaders, Gen Z leaders, millennial leaders are looking for this type of servant, humble leadership mm. that they can become a part of. And that has just seeped down into the entire organization, into my vice presidents, into our middle management structures, into our regional leadership around the world, where we've all said we want to lead in teams and we want to lead in a flat way where there's very little hierarchy. And I really think, I I believe, Virgil, there's a theology around this. I really believe this is the way God wants us to lead, to, 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 yes, have people that are over us, people that are beside us and people that are under us that we respect greatly and we all serve one another within that within that structure so that's sort of been the ethos of our management at one hope um and it's allowed us to move very very fast and it's allowed us to to grow um exponentially but it's also allowed us to grow very um strategically and intentionally uh with this type of structure that we've established in building these 320 different programs uh over the last uh, 17 years of my leadership here at one hope that's good. Um, <laughs> Rob, as I hear you talking about this, you know, there's a few thoughts that come to my mind. I think the best example of a servant leader is Jesus. We had the best example in history. The model of servant leadership is Jesus. I'm thinking in my mind, man, Jesus was definitely a catalytic leader, but he was also very strategic and he was an activator. I guess he's our, our model to follow. You know, what would you say? Have you thought about that in regards to? Yeah, Jesus? no, very, very much so. Obviously he's the perfect leader. Um, and so, <laughs> so we look to him as our, as our model and our guide. But if you look, he didn't choose, um, he, he, he chose the 12 and then he chose the three. And if you look at the typology right. of those three, you've got a catalyst, you know, Peter, I mean, he, he is, he's the guy that's out there. He's the visionary cat. He's the, you know, he's, he's influence, right? And yeah. then you've got the more practical um, with James and John being more of the strategic, John being more strategic. I think James being more of an activator. So they're asking the right types of questions. So. Uh, but then we also see Paul picking up on this when he talks about mm. the fivefold ministry. Right. Um, now, I know some people have taken fivefold ministry and they've, you know, turned it into offices like, you know, you are a prophet, you are an apostle. I'm not talking right. what, whatever your theological or ecclesiastical background is. I think what Paul's driving at here is that each one of us have a different gift set yes. and a different passion and a different calling that God's made mm-hmm. us all unique. And we need all fivefold ministries. So when I look at, at um, sort of force ranking my typologies of leadership. I've also done the same thing with the fivefold ministry. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, I'm apostolic one, I'm evangelist two, I'm prophetic three, um, teacher four, and I'm, you know, shepherd five. I mean, <laughs> I, I hate to admit that, but I don't think I'd be a very good pastor of a local congregation because I don't have that <laughs> shepherding gift as my strongest. Now, of course, I shepherd my people. Yeah. I, I have compassion on them when they need it. So it's not that you're any one of these five, obviously, mm-hmm. If you're a, a minister or a Christian leader in any regard, you're going to have all five elements of these. Yeah. But I think there's there's definite tendencies I have as an apostolic mm-hmm. leader or as a prophetic leader that that align with my strategic leadership. I mean, you're not going to be a great evangelist 
if you don't have a catalytic gift, if you're not a great communicator. Right. That's what evangelists are great. They're great at getting ideas across to people and having a passion for all types of people. So, you know, when people say, what is John Maxwell more and he would define himself, he would say, number one, I'm an evangelist. Yeah. Number one, I want to get the message of Jesus and I want to use my influence platform to reach people. So I think those fivefold typologies really sync well with these broad categories of, of leadership that I'm sort of exploring right now in my walk. Yeah, that's good. All right. So this leadership talk is is really exciting to me, uh, Rob. I'm like you. I'm passionate about connecting both the ministry and the marketplace world, the 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 ministry church, but connecting it to organizational leadership and structure. And I think there's something powerful when we leverage, you know, both of these. Can you can we just get a little more practical on a specific project. You guys have had so many projects as One Hope. One of them that that you've shared with me and I've been aware of is the Bible app for kids. Can you kind of loop all this leadership typologies and and strategy and connect it to how God's using the Bible app for kids? Yeah, Uh, Bible app for kids is is one of our most exciting programs. It's one of our 320 different programs. A lot of the programs we have, you might not even know One Hope is part of them because we really build scripture engagement programs for children and youth for all kinds of ministries. So whether it's prison fellowships, angel tree program or evangelism explosions program for them to teach children how to share their faith. Uh, Bible app for kids was, is, is a program that came about through our research. So part of me uh, being a strategic leader when I took over from my dad was I started building an R&D group at One Hope, a research and design group, because for strategy, you really need to know, you need to build that strategy based on facts and you really can't measure outcomes, which is part of being a strategic leader. Mm. if you don't have a baseline to know where you started from. So we really became uh, 17 years ago, we became a research organization that started studying the beliefs of children, youth and and adolescence. And, and what we found in the U.S. was, you know, we sort of think as America being a crowded market, that there's so many Bible resources in the U.S. And there are. There's incredible publishing ministries and, and media ministries that exist in the U.S. So we were really concentrated on building underserved markets. Mm. And we thought, well, maybe they don't need us as much in the U.S., God, our mission of God's word, every child. But then we started doing research and and measuring the spiritual vibrancy of young people in every country where we were working. And what we really saw was, as Walter Brueggemann says, in the U.S., we have a faith that's widely held but greatly reduced. Mm. And we saw this decline in biblical literacy taking place among young people and children in the United States. So, Virgil, for me, it was really a call. And so I began to say, what is the right strategy for reaching young people in America with God's word. And obviously, as we began to do research, no surprise, we came back to this device right here. Those are my grandbabies, by the way. So, and, and how, how is this generation going to engage with scripture? Yeah. And, and so that made us say, we really need to build a strong digital solution. We need to build a technology solution for scripture engagement for the next generation. And as we begin to really dig into our research and build a strategy, we began to realize, wow, um, we need to start really, really young because kids are being exposed at much younger ages to things that prior generations never were. Mm. And they're beginning to have, they're, they're native to digital technology. So we got to start really young. So now you begin to focus your strategy around 
you want to reach young kids, you want to do it on a digital platform. And then I thought, okay, but how are we going to catalyze and market this? Because I know with apps, like if you don't launch with a pretty big audience, that app doesn't get enough momentum. And this is where I really saw needing a catalytic partner. And so I actually went to Uversion. So mm. I went to Uversion. I said, you've already got an audience of several hundred million families. Why don't we launch Bible app for kids together? Because wow. that's going to give us far more catalytic reach. So one of the things about these typologies of leadership in a very practical way is it forces collaboration. Yep. It forces collaboration to say one hope might be a really great strategic missions partner, but you version can be a great catalytic partner for us. Wow. And then together we need to create a joint management team. Bobby Grunwald, who's the uh, CEO and the, and the founder mm -hmm. of Uversion, says Bible app for kids is a marriage between Uversion and One Hope, and we can never get a divorce because we structured our management teams to be working together as a as a team operationally so good. That, that has built this as an activating structure that continues to perpetuate. And what a miracle story this is, Virgil. We now have 80 million kids engaging with God's word Come on. on their mobile advice through Bible app for kids. Um, we're in, we're in, um, we're the number one Bible app in places like for, for kids. We're the number one kids app, yeah. not just Bible, any type of kids app in places like Iraq, Afghanistan, Iran, wow. some of the most limited access countries in the world where Bible app for kids is the number one kids app in those, in those communities. And it all came out of this sense of how do we cooperate as organizations for all of us to be humble about who we are and self-aware about who we are and how we can do better as the kingdom of God, working together in unity to do something that's bigger than any of us can do by ourselves. And the Bible app for kids would be a great example of that synergistic way of working between strategy, catalyzing and activation. I love it. What Man, this has been, this, this leadership conversation <clears throat> has been packed with some great wisdom, Rob. I love this. You know, uh, as we're kind of heading into the final stretch, I, I want to just emphasize, you mentioned a little bit earlier, you know, the importance, you know, I think for all of this to come together, you know, and especially leadership and for leaders, the importance of mentoring, right? And, and there's a season of life where you need mentors and there's a season of life where you need to be mentoring more, you know, or, or doing both at the same time. Um, I know, Rob, that you work with some of the greatest leaders in the world. Can you just, can you just touch on the imp that importance of, of a mentoring culture in our leadership? Yeah. Yeah. I think it, it came out of obviously the close relationship that I had with my dad and he's my He's my greatest mentor, but my dad was so good at saying, Rob, I'm never going to be able to give you all that you need, you know, and that what a what a wonderful self-aware, because sometimes I think as leaders, we want to be the end all for the people yeah. that we're leading and to be able to say, no, I can never give my leaders everything they need Yeah, that I need them to find um, leaders and mentors that can give them what I can't give them. And yeah. so that was really built into the ethos of our One Hope culture. Um, it, it's built into the very structure, as I said, with us having sort of a Trinitarian flat leadership at the top. Um, but it sinks all the way through. And my dad's always said, look, it's up to you to pursue uh, mentors um, and, and, and to be ruthless about it, have this ruthless pursuit of mentorship. And so I've, I have that, and I think many of our leaders have that. We're just hungry to, to learn from others and follow others. 
But I think there's also an obligation that comes with with the blessing that you've been given um, yeah. to then pass it on to, to future generations. And um, three years ago, my wife and I actually went on sabbatical, Virgil, my board, which I encouraged all leaders to do. Um, and they said, we want you to take a, a sabbatical. And so we spent time in prayer. And my wife and I began to dream about what is the next 20 years of our ministry? What does the next 20 years of leadership look like for us? And we wrote a new vision statement for the next 20 years of our life. And that vision statement was for us as a couple to serve great leaders and to build young <clears throat> leaders. And so for the next 20 years of my life, that's the focus of, of, of what I'm headed towards, Virgil. Wow. Because I think we have, we have many leaders, but we have few fathers, as the, as, as the word says. Yeah. And I think what this generation is really crying out for is not only to get great advice, but to feel greatly believed in by someone who's walking along and can <clears throat> empathize with them. And, and that's really uh, what good mentorship is about. It's about love. Yeah. It's about a loving relationship. You see that in Jesus's relationship with his disciples. I mean, where does he end with Peter? You know, this is his last moment with him on the shore in his, in his, in his physical presence. Do you love me? You love, Do you love me? me. Do you love me? Yeah. And so I think, I think good servant leadership is all about loving people and serving people and building people. Yeah. And, and I found when I do that, Virgil, God blesses it. And he actually ends up giving me more influence, more strategy, more activating programs mm -hmm. that he builds if I'm faithful to feed his sheep. And so everybody listening out here, you're a leader. You wouldn't be on this podcast if you weren't. That's right. Love your people, serve your people, build your people. Feed Get them. intentional about that. And I guarantee you, God will anoint your ministry, your business, your <clears> school, whatever it is God has called you to, in a way like you never could if you tried to build it on your own. So mentorship for me is not just a leadership principle. Um, it's a biblical principle and yeah. a calling that we all have on our lives to love his bride, to love his people, and to pour ourselves out for them just like Jesus poured out for us. That to me is the ultimate calling of mentorship that I feel all of us as Christian leaders are called to. Woo, drop the mic. Dr. Rob Hoskins has spoken. Good word. Leaders, I hope you're leaning in right now. Uh, Rob, this has been awesome. I, I, wanna, I wanna give people the opportunity to connect with you. Uh, what are the best ways that people can, can maybe find you online, social media, or, or hear more from you? Yeah, I've really gotten intentional with this vision of, um, of, of, of serving great leaders and building young leaders um, on my blog. So I've gotten much more intentional about all that I'm, I've learned at One Hope and all that I am learning and my service to the kingdom and all the roles I have on boards and, and, and serving other uh, leaders in, in consultation, which I do a lot of. I've been taking all those principles. I've really been pouring them into my blog, which is thank the Lord really been growing lately and, and creating a platform of influence. So I encourage everybody to be a part of that. RobHoskins.net is, is where you can find the blog. And um, I normally am writing weekly on there and, and, and trying to download all that God's teaching me on there. So um, encourage people to, to subscribe to that and get that. Um, and I keep it really fresh, really current. And then obviously on social media, I'd love to connect with everybody. I do my own social media. I have people that help me with it, but obviously, but um, I'm, I, I'm, I'm there on social media and I've actually mentored a lot of people through my social media platforms that I have with them asking me great questions and then building a relationship. So uh, I'm, I'm really active on social media. I encourage people to do that if they found 
what I've said here today useful and, and they feel like I can in any way serve them or build them, then uh, I'd love to connect with you. That's great. I also want to mention, in case you're interested in learning more about what One Hope does and who they are, go to onehope.net. You can see more about the amazing programs they have. You know, I think it's one of my favorite um, mission statements, God's word, every child. It's very clear what you do at One Hope, and you guys are doing such an awesome job. I'm going to mention one more thing here, Rob. Uh, Avail, we have the Avail Journal or the Avail Leadership Magazine. I think it's one of the top Christian leadership magazines of the moment would you uh, would you agree that having resources for leaders is key beautiful beautiful thank you for what you guys are doing at avail to equip i know it's a came out of the heart of uh, dr sam chan but virgil you do such a great job of, of, of leading this platform so thank god for you and thank you for the resources that you're providing for the church i really love the way you guys are strategic you know, i'm a strategic leader right so that's what drives me and i love how strategic this this podcast is and now the journal's coming out because I know that what uh, Dr. Chan wanted to do was to exponentially make available uh, what he does really well one-on-one -on -one with some of the greatest leaders in the world and mm. coaching them. But I know he also has this passion to say, how do we popularize all this material? So thank you, Dr. Chan, and thank you, Virgil, for making all these resources available to, to great Christian leaders in, in the States and around the world. Yes, yes, yes. Hey, if you're listening to the podcast or watching the YouTube right now, you can get your free annual subscription subscription of the Avail Journal on us for one year by going to availjournal.com, availjournal.com. Great resources from multiculturally diverse Christian leaders, men, women, pastors, marketplace, avail, availjournal.com. You can get that. Uh, Rob, this has been such an awesome opportunity to connect. Before we get to just one final maybe nugget or thought on your heart, um, let me just say it is awesome to talk leadership with you. Um, it's awesome to see what God has been doing in your life, in your ministry, and I can't wait to see what God has in store for you, for One Hope, and for so many leaders that are under you, that you're mentoring and that you're connecting with. Uh, here's what I'd like to do. Finish off with one one last nugget for all the leaders that are in here leading on a veil right now. Well, um, when I, when I talked to my dad, who's, who's still my mentor and now he's, you know, he's 80, 86 years old and still going strong. And we talk about, we talk about finishing, finishing well. And I, I love the way what my dad's always taught me is look, we we're, we're in training wheels right now. I mean, we're, we're on planet earth. <laughs> for for if we're lucky 80 90 years of life and mm. to be leaders here but it's really god preparing us and my dad's always said you know what's your ten thousand year plan for leadership he says you need to start thinking about it because we're going to rule and reign with him mm. and and so let's not waste one minute we have here on earth to prepare us for the amazing eternity that we have i'll tell you when you think about leadership in that transcendent way it just puts everything in perspective for me and yep. say, you know, Virgil, I don't want to miss one thing that God has for me yeah. here on earth. I want to be an excellent steward of the minutes I have here on planet earth in order to be a great leader, not just here on this planet, 
but for all of eternity as we rule and reign with Christ together. <laughs> that is so good. That is so good. Um, Rob, thank you so much uh, for taking this time on behalf of our whole Avail team, Dr. Sam Chand, Martin Van Tilborg, everybody who, who pushes everything forward here on the Avail team. We just want to say thank you. We honor you uh, and, and your leadership, the legacy that you're leaving, you know, you're, you're definitely making a great impact and we're thankful for your life. So grateful to you, Virgil. God bless. Hey, everybody, if you haven't done so, you got to get that book, Change Your World by John Maxwell and Rob Hoskins, a great resource for your leadership journey. If you haven't done so, make sure you go to availjournal.com for a free annual subscription of our Avail Journal. As always, we've talked about the art of leadership. Uh, listen to this again if you need to listen to it again. Watch it again. Take some notes. Share it with somebody. Why? Because everybody needs help on this journey that we call leadership. Thanks for leaning in with us. On behalf of Avail, my name is Virgil Sierra. And we'll catch you next time right here on the Avail Podcast. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Avail Podcast with our guest, Rob Hoskins. You can learn more about One Hope by going to onehope.net. And you can check out Rob's personal blog at robhoskins.com. For more leadership resources, check us out at theartofleadership.com. And make sure to claim your free annual subscription of the Avail Journal at availjournal.com. As always, I'm your Avail Media host, Virgil Sierra. Muchas gracias. Thank you for connecting with us to learn the art of leadership here at the Avail Podcast.